Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Check it out. Thirty, forty, you know, an entire season because you know you can depend on multiple people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like I said, like um, someone's always going to be there to pick up the slack. It's not going to be too many nights where just everybody's not hitting or everybody doesn't have a good night that night. So um, it's you, you feel you feel very confident going into the game, knowing that even if you don't play well, someone else might be able to pick up where where you left off. So I think it's I think it's good. Hey everyone, now with a little bit of De'Aaron Fox. After Tuesday night's, mm, I don't know what you want to call it. You can call it a lot of things. I call it a beat down. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was epic. It was the Kings knocking off the, uh, dropping 153 on the Brooklyn Nets. And by the way, hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Jason Jones. Uh, excuse my kind of different type of uh, tone right now. I just got Invisalign, so still getting used to talking with this thing, these things in my mouth, but nevertheless, I'm here of The Athletic, and this is the Ruler of the Court podcast where I talk Sacramento Kings, I talk hip-hop, and whatever else the hell I want to talk about. Give you a little bit about a, a lunch break's worth of distraction from your day. Happy to be here again checked out the Kings last night in person for the first time in a while. You know, I do a lot of phone calls, talk to a lot of people about the team still, even though I'm not out there on the daily anymore. People still want to talk to Kings with me, so I talk Kings a lot, even though I'm <laughs> actually a culture writer now. The Kings, you know, the Kings will always be a part of my life, I guess you could say. So, that being said, the Kings went out there, like I said, did the damn thing last night. 153-121 over the Brooklyn Nets. Demolished them, destroyed them on national television. Kings were on, uh, it was the TNT game. So for those who don't have league pass and didn't get a chance to see the Kings up to this point, they got a good view of what the Kings are doing in Sacramento. And don't need to go through all the stats from the game. You know all that by now. What I want to talk about is Something I've discussed with a lot of people around the league and even some of the people with the Kings, that pretty much is why is this version of the Kings playing well more likely to be sustainable than any other version over the last 16 years? And I can go a bunch of different directions, talk about the front office, talk about this or that, but it's pretty simple. 
This is the best roster the Kings have had in quite some time. Talked to a former NBA player who's familiar with the Kings the other day. His uh, comment to me about the Kings was, wow, it looks like they finally put a complete team together out there. And what does that mean? If you look at recent Kings teams over over the past few years, what you've had is a team comprised, should I say, of a bunch of backups <laughs> in a lot of cases with a couple starters here and there. So you're playing guys who were probably should be 7th, 8th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th men. They're starting for you. And you're requiring starter type expectations out of them, which in a lot of ways was unfair to those players because that's just not who they were, but it's all you had. And so the reason why things weren't sustainable was because even when those guys played at their best and the Kings began to maybe string together a three out of five win stretch, you know, whatever the case may be, it was never sustainable because those players were going to come back to the mean, so to speak. Take some of the uh, good stretches of play they had under Luke Walton. In those situations, the Kings were often playing guys like De'Aaron, overextending their minutes, trying to cover up the gaps in the rotation to keep them in games. That's just not going to work over the course of a season because eventually guys are going to wear down, break down, fatigue is going to set in, you know. A guy like a Harrison Barnes, who you're asking to do everything and then some, is going to not be the same guy in March as he was in November. De'Aaron's not may break down. You know, things are going to happen when you when you have to coach that way. So that was just not sustainable. You go to the Dave Yeager, Dave Yeager's last year, where the team won 39 games. Remember, 31 of those wins, I believe, came before the uh, or 30 of them came before the All Star break. What happened? Fell back to the mean. You lose nine. You go nine and sixteen to close the season. Things kind of fall apart. You know, guys who were playing above their heads can't keep that up. You're relying on guys that maybe you know to do maybe too much. You're relying on Iman Shumpert to be your starting three when he's he's really more of a two. But you don't have any other bodies to throw out there. Just all these things over the years. I can keep going on and on and on. You know, you know, kind of the the fill in the blanket shooting guard, the propensity of the Kings to sign these guys who were had one foot in the league and one way out the door, guys who they would sign. And once they were done with the Kings, they're playing overseas or they're not out the league. So that just shows you just the level or the lack of prime talent the Kings had over those stretches. You know, they, they're signing guys, and they're, they're happy to have them. But these guys aren't going to be impact players on any other team, including the Kings. And like I said, in some cases, those guys are out of the league. And in speaking to people I know within the team, they tout the depth 1 through 10 as the big reason why they finally feel like they've got a chance. And I know it's not, it's, I don't call it a forbidden door or whatever, but players in the league know when they ain't got a chance in hell to win a damn thing. I don't know if you saw my man Chris Haynes' article 
uh, in Bleacher Report talking about uh, with some of the things Kevin Durant said about looking around and seeing the starting lineup and saying, basically, what are we going to do with this? That happens all around the league. You know if there, there, ain't, there ain't a chance in hell you're going to do a damn thing this season. And you can't help but to know that that affects effort. That affects the way things happen on the court. And the Kings were certainly prey to that. So there's a, there's a new level of confidence I, I sense around the team just because they feel like, hey, we still got a chance. I mean, think about the, the rough start to the season for Harrison Barnes. Any other year, it's, oh, shit, we're screwed. Harrison's not playing well. But now Harrison can struggle a little. You got Kevin Herter to, to, to pick up the slack offensively. You got Malik Monk to help pick up the slack. You got Keegan Murray, even though as the rookie he was struggling. You just have more options. You've got Demonis Sabonis to give you some offense, some facilitating. You're no longer asking a guy like Harrison to be more than he should be. And I mean that in the sense that you're not asking Harrison to be a 20-plus point a game scorer. Then also rebound. Then also defend. Then also create shots. I mean, in previous incarnations of this team, after De'Aaron, your probably second-best shot creator was Harrison. And you're asking him to do an awful lot and, and if that's going to be his role as well. So that's why there's a different air of confidence I feel around the team. There's still a lot of work to do. Let's not, you know, you know I know it's seven and six to seven and six, but that's not have a parade yet. What the, for me, the next test will be now that things have gone well again, what happens when you lose two in a row again? Because, you know, I mean, as crazy as it is, the Kings are going to lose games again. I know it's hard to believe right now, but they will lose again. And does this team have the moxie, the fortitude, the mental toughness to withstand those situations and still bounce back and play well. That's what I'll be looking forward to. But it was definitely good to be in the building last night. The energy was was, was crazy. Reminded me of when uh, Golden One first opened, you know, just the excitement, the energy, the anticipation of what's going to happen on the court. Um, as things are trending right now, the Kings made this Riverdale have an all-star this coming season with De'Aaron. I mean, he's showing out. And the most important thing with the, when it comes to what's going on with De'Aaron is the Kings have provided him help. I know there was a lot of criticism of De'Aaron in the past. And a lot of it was, you know, some of it was warranted. Some of it was a bit unfair. Just because, well, you know, what did you want him to do? <laughs> There were times where he just had, there wasn't enough around him, but it was easy to pile on and pile on De'Aaron. And like I said, some of it was warranted. You know, De'Aaron's defensive effort hasn't always been up to par. There's There have been times where offensively he wasn't aggressive enough and the Kings can't win if he's not aggressive. But now that he has the help, there's no excuse and De'Aaron is rising to the occasion. So, is this is this current level of play sustainable? They're not going to drop 153 every night, of course, or 140. But the consistency, the fact that you can go 10 deep and have NBA players still on the court. Think about this. Rashawn Holmes was your starting center for basically three years. Rashawn can't get on the court now. That's no knock on Rashawn, but that just shows you that you have some depth now. 
And as one person told me, well, a year or so ago, if, if Rashawn is your starting center, you're probably going to win 30-something games. And what were the Kings winning? 30-something games. You know, no knock on him as a player or his effort. It's just that you need more. You need, you know, you need, you need to be able to get more. And they're getting more from this more new and improved team. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break, have some, as they would say sometimes, some words from the sponsors, if you will. <laughs> and then I'm going to jump back in and we're going to talk some hip hop. We're going to talk some, um, uh, some Grammys, I think. We'll talk some Grammys. Yeah, because, well, that stuff is out there and my homies in hip hop are already getting the conspiracy theories going. So let me just pause for the cause, as they say, the old cliche, and bring you a message from the good people at DraftKings. Hey, NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. So check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. Or maybe can the Kings score 150 again? (laughs) You know, how many threes for Kevin Herter? You know, all types of things. You can have a whole lot of fun with this. And with bigger payouts... And, and those packs are getting bigger than ever, y'all. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I w- I'm going to go to bet on the NBA. If I were a betting man, you know I don't trust these. I don't trust my money with these guys. But I know a lot of you guys are about that life. I just can't get with it. I got kids, and I can't afford to lose a little, lose some cash based on whether or not a guy stayed up too late playing Call of Duty. But here's what you can do. Here's your call to action: Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes back. Oh, excuse me, y'all. See the show notes for details. Now we're going to get back to talking some some kings and some uh, hip-hop. Okay, folks. uh, There's a lot of hip-hop I want to get into. Won't get into everything. Um, I'll start with this. Nas dropped a gem for us last week. King's Disease 3, outstanding. If you haven't checked it out, you need to. It's it's great. It's awesome. I'm loving it. Which brings me to some commentary from uh, one twenty one Savage, who's tried to go to you know to our internets, the interwebs, and clear up. His blatant disrespect of one Nazir Jones, implying that he's not relevant. And he just has a strong fan base. And, you know, he tried to clear it up. You know, I was not dissing Nas. I don't know how you're supposed to take it either the other way, but I'm going to give you everyone the definition of relevant from the new Oxford American Dictionary. Relevant. Appropriate to the current. Closely connected or appropriate to what is being done or considered. That's one definition. Then here's another one. Appropriate to the current time, period, or circumstance, or contemporary interest. So what he's saying basically is that Nas is not is not 
was happening in 2022. So, I get what he was trying to say. You know, I still found the, the, the comment disrespectful as a Nas fan, but not the, the uproar that some people had on the internet. But you know, when we use the, that definition as appropriate to the current time, period, or circumstances, or contemporary interest, what you got to do with discussing that in terms, in terms of relevance is talk about relevant to who. I'm a 44-year-old uh, hip-hop fan, born and raised essentially on hip-hop. And you can't tell me that Nas with this album is not relevant or is not appropriate for the current time. But that's for my age group. That's for me. 21 is aimed at a different crowd. And I enjoy a lot of 21 Savage's music. But if you're 18, 19, Nas may not be relevant to you in your your peer circle. But to implies that Nas is not relevant, especially in this hip-hop game where Nas is still one of the best ever to do it and is pro- dropping qua- not just qua- great music with, with, with Hit Boy producing. Hit Boy, I think, would qualify as relevant. He's not from you know my childhood. Hit Boy is, rel- is a relatively new you know, on the scene when you compare him to Nas. I think it's just crazy to even imply that Nas is not relevant. And I see you 21 trying to clear that shit up as you should. Because, yeah, it ain't right. You know, I think in hip-hop, one thing we have to get back, get away from is this desire. And it happens not just in hip-hop and everything. Where the young folks don't want to pay proper homage or respect to those who came before them. And it's not a kissing his ass type thing. but it's, It's an acknowledgement that, hey, before me... Someone paved the way so I could, you know, come here and do what I do. So, I get what he was trying to say. Just poor choice of words. And yes, Nas is relevant. If you don't believe me, go listen to King's Disease 3 and tell me he's not re- that music is not relevant in 2022. Now, before I bounce rock skate, as they say, I wanted to hit on those, these Grammy nominations. Now, you know... I could care less <laughs> about the actual war, but I love the debate. And here are the best rap album nominations. You got Jack Harlow with Come Home, The Kids Miss You. You got God Did with DJ Khaled. You got uh, I Never Liked You with Future. Almost Dry. It's Almost Dry from Pusha T. Uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Just give the damn award to Kendrick Lamar, please. Just, just go ahead. Why are we wasting our damn time with this? Give him the damn award. But some of the homies are always saying, already saying, they, they're like, oh, Lord, they're going to mess around. We're going to have a Macklemore situation again when they give the award to Jack Harlow. Now, I would hope they don't do that because as much as I thought Jack Harlow had a cool album, it wasn't Kendrick's. Not even close, but Kendrick's been screwed out of this word before. And most notably, but with the Macklemore selection. And First Class is one of the hottest songs of the year. But no. This is Kendrick's award. Plain and simple. I don't want to hear no debate, no discussion. It's his award. You know. And then... And, I mean, there's some albums I felt like should have been recognized... You know, 
Look, I mean, to me, the biggest omission uh, was uh, Vince Staples. I know he's a Long Beach dude, and I'm, I'm going to be kind of biased. Yeah, but I think Vince Staples, uh, Ramona Park broke my heart. Was one of the best albums to come out this year and deserved more, deserved some credit. Didn't get it, but I see you out there, Vince, doing your thing for Long Beach. But let me know what you think got omitted from this from this uh, uh, nomination, and I'm gonna run through the uh, best rap song nominations. I'm gonna say Kendrick no matter what, but hey, Churchill Downs, Jack Harlow featuring Drake, The Heart Part Five, Kendrick Lamar, Wait for You. Future featuring Drake and Tim's. God did DJ Khaled, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, Jay Z, and John Legend. And Friday, Pushing P, Gunna, featuring um, Futuring Young Thug. Uh, to me, that's Kendrick. I think the Heart was the song of the year. Jay Z might have had the verse of the year, but the Heart Five is the song of the year. And then I, they have this whole little, you know, they have the melodic. Rap performance nomination, Beautiful, DJ Khaled featuring Future and SZA, Wait For You, Future with Drake and Tim's, First Class, Jack Harlow, Die Hard, Kendrick Lamar with Blast and Amanda Rafer, Big Energy Live with Lotto, by Lotto. And see, this one's kind of a tricky one for me because I, 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 I love Kendrick. I'm a big Kendrick fan. But I also would not be mad if Future got this. And also in this one, if it went to Jack Harlow, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, break a window over that. So that one's kind of the toss up for me. And then we got Best Rap Performance Nominations. You got God Did. You got Vegas by Doja Cat, Push and P. We're gonna. We got The Heart, Part 5. Again, we got FNF with Glorilla and Hit Kid. And yeah, Kendrick should get that one. Yeah. So if Kendrick don't sweep these damn awards, it'd just be another reason for us hip hop folks to moan and complain about how jacked up the Grammys are. But we do that every year. So I'm going to get up out of here. Thank y'all for bearing with me as I learn how to talk with Invisalign in my mouth. Feels like I'm playing football again. We all just, you know, got plastic in my mouth. But I got a few months of this. So. Uh, you can follow me on socials at Mr. Uh, Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram. Check me out on the, uh, we've got an article up on The Athletic talking about the uh, NBA City Edition jerseys. Let me know what your favorite is. My, uh, You can check out the article to see my favorite. And we also, you can also find me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. So, that's it for me now. I'll be back later in the week with another episode. By then, the Kings may be lighting that beam a little more I like to to say don't light the beam I say put it in the air so y'all go ahead and do that y'all be safe out there this is Jason Jones this is the rule of the court podcast felt like I have a grill in my mouth (laughs) either way y'all I'm out take care